right. It's not the same as counting down the new year, somebody said, as we were watching the uh, clock go by. But um, anyway, here we are. Praise God. Let me swap over to you. Amen. All right. Praise God. Well, welcome uh, to class number 20. And I'm excited about it. And uh, happy new year to everyone. I think I did that um, ahead of the new year at last class on the 28th. So here we are. January the 4th, a few days already into the new year, and um, I'm excited about it. And I know sometimes with the new year comes, you know, renewed commitments and resolutions and things of that nature, and I would imagine uh, a group like this, both in the room and online, some of your uh, commitments and resolutions for the new year and include your walk with God and things you want to do uh, better and more of and more consistently, and so... Uh, my prayers are with you and my agreement's with you on that, that, that the Holy Spirit will help us follow through. Amen? Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, uh, let's, um, let's pray and we will get started. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for the opportunity that's before us now. Father, we're reminded of Jesus' encounter at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, Lord, when uh, he told Martha that Mary had chosen uh, the part that could not be taken from her. Uh, while Martha was busy in the kitchen, Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet and learn uh, and be taught by Him. And Lord, I thank You that uh, we're making that same choice tonight, Lord, to receive from Jesus truth and wisdom for our lives, Lord, that cannot be taken from us, that will not be stolen from us, Lord, that will become a part of us and that will become a part of our thinking and, and Lord, ultimately transform our life realities. Lord, thank You for Your love. Thank you that you're just as much God in 2023 as you were in 2022. Thank you, Father, for the things that you have prepared for us this new year. And Lord, we, we look forward uh, to uh, the encounters, Lord, that you have for us, the appointments that you have for us, Lord, the, the wonderful opportunities, Lord, that begin with uh, showing up here tonight to hear and receive uh, from your Holy Word and your Holy Spirit. So we thank you for this uh, time together and for your blessing upon us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. All right, so um, tonight again, class number 20, we're continuing in this section answering the question, what is man? And tonight we're going to dig into, and I should say begin, uh, to talk about uh, a section, likeness and image. Likeness and image, and of course that's taken from uh, the book of Genesis. And let me go ahead and just kind of forewarn you that this, this section and this, this part, uh, likeness and image, um, we, we could spend a long time here. As a matter of fact, I, in, in years past, I have been known to get a little bit bogged down in this section because so, so much of this is, is so applicable and so important to, to our daily lives. Uh, but I think some of the key parts of this we, we will get to at a, at a later section when we talk about renewing the mind. And so anyway, I really, as always, want to be led by the Holy Spirit, but especially in, in this section. We could literally spend uh, the next 16 classes and never leave this part. There's, there's just that much to this. And so I believe the Holy Spirit will show us what we need to cover and, and what we can save uh, for another day. But um, amen. I appreciate you being in agreement with me on that. Amen. All right, so let's uh, just a quick review we're answering this question, what is man? And remember, we've got to know what we are to know who we are, and we've got to know who we are to know why we are. And so what is man? The first thing we've covered is man is a God-class being. And if you're new to this study, uh, all of these previous classes, 1 through 19, are archived and available for you to go back and, 
and look at. So we spent, I guess, better part of maybe a class and a half just covering that answer, that man is a God-class being. And remember, God made us comparable to Himself, right, so that we could be compatible with Him. Number two, uh, we said that man is a spirit being. Man is a spirit being. And again, Satan never wants you to understand yourself as being a spirit being. He wants you to think of yourself as a physical being trying to have a spiritual experience when in truth you are a spirit being experiencing a physical reality. Then number three, we spent what about a class and a quarter uh, of a class answering this one or discussing this one, that man is the legal authority on earth. And we spent a good portion of last week's class looking at how this truth impacts God's will being carried out in our lives. And some of the really important things that we covered is that not everything that God wills for man uh, automatically happens and not everything that happens is necessarily God's will. There's a lot of confusion on those things in the body of Christ. People believe that you know, anything that happens, good, bad, or indifferent, is somehow God's will and um, that everything God wills just because God wills it that somehow it's going to come to pass. And we've learned that His will is something that must be sought out. It's something that must be understood. It's something that must be submitted to. Amen. If, if we're going to have in our lives what God wants us to have in our lives, then we're going to have to be that gateway. Amen. And open the gate. Open up our lives to His leadership, to His authority, to His control. But He's not going to make you do anything. If God was going to make anybody do anything, He would make everybody get saved because He's not willing that anybody should perish. But we know, of course, that people perish all the time. We looked at two, and that was, I think, I hope you got something out of that last week where we looked at those two different places where Jesus spoke to Jerusalem as a whole, where in one instance He was weeping over the city because there was going to be some really unfortunate events that were going to happen in the future that He tried to get them truth and wisdom that would have, literally averted that, prevented that from happening. But again, it, it was now the window of opportunity had closed and the things that would have made for a different future for them were hidden still from their eyes. Are you thankful that you can see things today uh, about God and about His plans for your life that you couldn't see maybe even a few weeks ago? Yeah? Okay. And we should be thankful for that. But, but let me remind you, okay, <clears throat> if... If God has enabled you to see something that you couldn't see before and it's making a difference in your life, first thing you need to do is thank Him for that. Second thing you need to say is, okay, what else can I not see right now that I need to see? Um, because there's all kinds of things that, that, you know, I mean, there's probably folks in this room who at, at points in your life you didn't believe there was a God. Well, you, you know better than that now, okay? But there are still many, many things that He wants to show us and reveal to us if we'll be humble before Him and allow Him to unlock our understanding, He'll show it to us. Amen? All right. And so then uh, the fourth one, that's the one we're going to, uh, again, get into tonight. What is man? Man is a being created in the image and likeness of God. Man is a being created in the image and likeness of God. And, of course, this comes from a familiar passage. We've looked at it multiple times already. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Later in Scripture, we see that this was simplified to say that God has given us authority or dominion over all the things, all the works of His hands. And of course, the earth is, is a work of God's hands. Uh, 
angels, fallen angels, also known as devils and demons, are works of God's hands, and we were created to have dominion and authority over those things. Now, I know we've used this passage a couple of times already uh, to, to make or reinforce other points. We're going to look at it for a different reason tonight. So same verse, but um, a different reason. The Bible in the New Testament speaks of the multifaceted will of God. So like a diamond that has many different facets that all reflect uh, the brilliance of that diamond. We see that God's wisdom is multifaceted. One translation says it's multidimensional. The kind of go-to uh, uh, example of this would be, you've probably heard it said before, like the layers of an onion. And so, you know, there's one verse can uh, serve to make and reveal uh, many different truths uh, to us. And so um, when we say that we were created in the image and likeness of God, this means that we were created by God to look the way He looks and to function the way He functions. And so, again, I know this is repetitive, but uh, we have two eyes, one nose, one mouth, and two ears because God has two eyes, one nose, one mouth, and two ears. Uh, we were created to look the way He looks. But image and likeness doesn't just mean to look the way He looks, but it means to also function the way he functions, all right? And so that's the angle that we're going uh, to work on and to develop tonight. We've already established that man is a God-class being and is the only thing God created in his image and in his likeness. Remember when uh, Adam looked for, or, or God had Adam look at everything he had created for a helper comparable to him, there was none comparable to him. Uh, and so... Because we were created in the image and likeness of God, hear this out. This is, you'll hear me say this different ways many times, okay? Because we were created by God in His image and in His likeness, we possess certain characteristics and abilities that exist nowhere else in creation, okay? One more time. Because we were created by God in His image and likeness, we possess certain characteristics and abilities that exist nowhere else in creation. And these characteristics and abilities are very powerful and they have tremendous impact on life in general and your life in particular. And when it comes to these uh, characteristics and abilities, our ignorance, as in all things, is Satan's advantage. Our ignorance of these things are Satan's advantage. In other words, Satan is trying to manipulate what you are and the characteristics and abilities that you possess because they're very powerful, because they don't exist anywhere else in creation. You have these things because you were created to look the way God looks and to function the way God functions. And because of that, these things are very powerful, very uh, influential, and have tremendous effect on, again, when I say life in general, I'm talking about you know, people around you, uh, but also your life in particular. Now, to give you some idea, and, and I, I don't want to, you know, like build this up and it be a letdown, but let me give you an example, okay? You have the ability to think for yourself. You, you have the ability to form reason, uh, to form opinions and to reason things out and come to conclusions, okay? Uh, think, reason, and form opinions. That's, that's an example. We're going to look at five, okay? 
that's, I'm just trying to give you an example of these things. You, you have the ability, uh, number four, I'm going to go through them in order. I'm just trying to help you understand what I'm talking about here. You have the ability to experience and express emotions. This is an ability. This is a characteristic. This is, this is something that, that, that we have the ability to experience and express because the God who created us to look the way He looks and to function the way He functions first had the ability to experience and express emotions. The full spectrum of human emotions, right, is, is first and foremost the full spectrum of God's emotions. God knows how to laugh. God knows how to get angry. God knows how to get jealous, okay? All, all, of, all of these things that, that exist... In, in the heart of God, um, we have that same characteristic and ability because we were created in His image and in His likeness. And so these things are uh, very influential. They are very powerful. Uh, and it's, it's these things, again, that, uh, that Satan wants to use against us. When we, when we talk about, like, for instance, our, our ability to think and make choices, form opinions, reason things out, and think for ourselves... The only way to fully understand how influential and how powerful that is is for you to understand how much your thoughts and thinking have to do with your life reality, right? And so we, we will uh, get uh, into, into those things. All right, so um, let's, <clears throat> I want to try to lay some groundwork before we start breaking these things down one by one. But again, the characteristics and abilities that we're talking about are very powerful, they have tremendous impact on life in general and your life in particular. And our ignorance becomes Satan's advantage. Remember, he can't mess up your life without your cooperation. One of the things, and we talked about one of these actually in, uh, in, in class at the Foundry uh, yesterday morning. Um, number five is actually your ability to speak. And the Bible talks about how powerful our words are and that death and life is in the power of our tongue. Well, see, if we're ignorant of that, if we're ignorant of that, Satan is not ignorant of that. He knows how powerful your words are. And so he's constantly trying to manipulate and, and um, uh, you know, uh, influence you and me to use our mouths and the words of our mouths against ourselves and against other people, right? So ignorance of these things is Satan's advantage. Now, <clears throat> let's lay a little more groundwork. Th these characteristics that we're talking about are both dynamic, and I'm going to give you a breakdown of what these two words mean, but they are dynamic and they are interactive. Okay? They are dynamic and they are interactive. Um, let me show you what I mean by this. Uh, when we say interactive, reckon how you think has anything to do with what you ultimately believe. And, and, and yes, they absolutely do. We'll sh I'll show you this in Scripture. So let's talk about this then. So dynamic, what is something that's dynamic? Something that is dynamic, and, and don't get bogged down in, in kind of the details of this. I'll, I'll, I'll read it and then explain it to you. But something that's dynamic is speaking of a force that stimulates change or movement within a system or process. And something that's dynamic is characterized by constant activity. It's always at work. Therefore, it is an underlying cause of change. It is an underlying cause of change. Some of you have heard me make this uh, proclamation, okay? I am a student of change. I believe that we can change. I believe that God is glorified when our lives change to reflect more and more of Him and His goodness and His purposes for mankind. 
And so, you know, again, a, a, a large part of what I'm put on this earth to do is to serve God's people to help them change. So that's what I mean when I say I am a student of change. And so when the Holy Spirit first, you know, whispered to me that these characteristics were dynamic and interactive, I, to be honest with you, I didn't really, I was familiar with those words. It's not that I never heard those words before. But um, when I begin to look those two words up and, and, and exactly what they mean, uh, this is when I really begin to understand the importance of these uh, different abilities and characteristics. So let me see if this will help you. The opposite of something that's dynamic is something that's static. Okay? So if it's if a rock, for example, is, is basically static. It just lays there. Okay? But something that is dynamic is something that's, that's always at work. Always at work. See, the thing with, um, let's go back to the words of our mouth and, and how powerful uh, our, the words of our mouth are. Well, you know, we want the good things that we say to count and the negative things that we say to not count. Do you understand what I mean by that? In other words, we, we want, when we get it right, we want it to count. But when we get it wrong, we don't want it to count. But because they're dynamic, death and life's in the power of the tongue. I mean, the words of your mouth are influencing your life reality and the reality of life around you, whether you're speaking life or death. That's what, that's what it means by something that stimulates change and movement within a system characterized by constant activity, always at work, and then an underlying cause of change. So when we say it's an underlying cause of change, let's, let's, let's think about that now for a moment, okay? Um, that means changes in the way we think, Changes in things that we believe, changes in the way we process information, changes in the things that we say, changes in uh, uh, you know, how we handle and deal with and operate in and express our emotions, because all of these things are underlying causes of change, amen, um, changes in these areas are going to produce uh, exponential Positive benefit in our life. And listen, all I want to, I, I'm very, it's very easy for me to stay on the positive side of things. That's, that's what I love to do. But I would be doing you a disservice. I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't also make you aware that in the same way these things can be a change for good, uh, they can also be a change in the wrong direction. There's a lot of people are kept in bondage because of the way they think. A lot of people continue to live in bondage because of the things they have agreed with in life, because of the things that they believe, and because of the way they experience and express emotions, and because of the words that come out of their mouths, right? And so you have people who, who are desperately wanting to see things change for the better in their lives, but they don't understand the underlying causes of change. And so they keep thinking the way they've always thought. They keep saying things they've always said. They keep believing the way they've always believed. They keep experiencing and expressing emotions the way they've always experienced and expressed emotions and wonder why nothing's ever different or better in their life reality. Amen or oh me. All right, I hope, I hope you're getting excited about this because this is, you know, these are areas. Satan would love for us to um, piddle-paddle around, splash around in, in, in the shallow waters of, of just trying to do something a little bit different, a little bit better in our lives and never really understand what are the uh, underlying causes of, of change or the forces that would stimulate change or movement within a system or process. 
If you, if you think of your life as a, as a process, it's a choice-driven process, but again, a process nonetheless, the process of life, you know, the system, if you will, by which you live your life, right? Um, something that's dynamic is a force that can stimulate change or movement in that system. Again, positive change, movement in the right direction, <laughs> or or change for the worse and movement in the wrong direction. All right. So the characteristics that we're referring to are dynamic and interactive. So dynamic, there's the definition for dynamic. Here is uh, what it means for something to be interactive. These are two or more things working together, influencing and affecting one another. So if something is interactive, two or more things working together, influencing and affecting one another. In other words, the way you think is so important because... How you think influences what you agree with. It influences what you believe. It influences how you feel, your, your emotional experiences and expressions, and then ultimately how you speak. So it, 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 when you take these things one at a time, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to see. Um, let me give you an example, okay? When we talk about your ability to believe, that God has given you and me the ability to believe and has given to us the measure of faith to use alongside our ability to believe. How powerful is this? Well, what does the Bible say about him who believes? To him who believes, nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. Do you see? Because you have the ability to believe. This means nothing is out of reach for you. Nothing is, is uh, uh, unattainable for you. I know, again, that's like, oh, Pastor Mark, you're getting all up in our face. No, no, just hear me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show you this, right? So it's, it's what we believe important. You better know what's important, right? Faith is the victory that overcomes this world. So there's nothing in life that you and I can't overcome and rise above if we learn how to live our lives by faith. Using our ability to believe alongside the measure of faith that God has given to us, we can overcome anything there's no obstacle that we can't overcome. There's no mountain that we can't move out of our way into yonder sea, as Jesus said. All right, so I get stirred up about these things. So they're dynamic and they're interactive. But again, wrong thinking and wrong agreements are going to make it very difficult for us to be in right belief or, or be in, in the right position of, of operating in um, faith. Amen? So, again, these characteristics are both dynamic and they are interactive. In other words, they work together um, influencing and affecting uh, one another. And, and we could even say it this way, compounding the effect that, um, that, that these things have and produce in our lives. Uh, again, compounding it for the better are compounding it for the worse. Have you noticed, um, and, and sadly, it's, it, it, hey man, I shouldn't say it this way, but sadly I will, I'll go ahead and say it this way. Sadly, it's more obvious to people in a negative direction than it is in a positive direction. But if, have you noticed like when things start going in the wrong direction in our lives, they tend to compound one upon another, upon another, upon another. We, we could call it like a downward spiral, right? Well, again, if you look at what's creating that downward spiral, it's, it's going to be the combination of these characteristics and abilities headed and, and pulling you, pushing your life in, in a wrong direction. So we start thinking negatively. We start speaking negatively. The words that you speak out of your mouth chart the course that your life follows. We start agreeing with our enemy instead of with God. 
um, the things that we believe about ourselves, things we believe to be true about ourselves, how that affects us emotionally. I'm sure I'm the only person in this room that's ever said something in a moment of emotion that I regretted. Uh, but, but we all have, right? And, and then that created a whole other set of consequences for us that now we've got to try to process and work through. And it's like one negative thing leads to another negative thing leads to another negative thing leads to another negative thing. And again, sadly, for most people, they recognize that in, in, a, in a negative sense. But th the same is true in, in a positive sense as well, right? From faith to faith, from glory to glory, grace for grace. One understanding revelation of who God is positions you and prepares you for the next understanding revelation of who God is. The, the more your thinking begins to come into alignment with God's word, you begin to agree with him instead of your enemy, instead of your circumstances. Um, what you believe, how you feel, your emotions, what's coming out of your mouth, right? And again, I believe every person I'm talking to right now, you're, you're in an upward spiral, so to speak, right? Remember, the, the call of God upon you and me, upon our lives, is an upward call. Amen. He's always calling us to a higher place. He's always calling us to a place of greater understanding and revelation, a place of greater power and, and ability and effectiveness, a, pl a place of greater peace, a place of greater rest, a place of greater joy. Amen. Amen. But, but again, in both situations, the downward spiral or the upward call, at the root of all of this are these dynamic and interactive abilities and characteristics that we possess because we were created in the image and likeness of God. So do you see how Satan, when I say he's wanting to use what you are against you, Satan's strategy is to use what you are against you. He knows how powerful the words that come out of your mouth are and how they affect uh, your life reality and the reality of those even around you. So Satan is constantly trying to manipulate us into speaking and saying things that will produce negative results and consequences in our lives. So misunderstood and used improperly, misunderstood and used improperly, these characteristics lead to bondage, curses, and even death. There are people whose lives have been shortened because of things that they thought, things they agreed with, people who've taken their own lives. There, there, no one has ever taken their own life that... <laughs> Thinking and forming opinions and reasoning, agreements, beliefs, emotions, and words were not at the, at the root of that underlying cause that we've mentioned already. Um, all of those five things uh, in, working together in a, in a negative sense with Satan pulling the strings because of people not understanding how to manage these things and be disciplined in these areas. Um, so again, misunderstood. Did I, I hope I didn't offend anybody by using suicide. But again, that's just the reality of it, right? right. Those of you who have, have never dealt with any of those types of feelings or tendencies. Listen, the devil's told every person in this room, every person listening to me right now, you ought to just kill yourself. I mean, he, he's going to float that into everybody's mind. Uh, you know, most people just laugh it off, right? But he's trying to uh, remember he's the father of lies. Jesus didn't just say he was a liar. He's the father of lies, meaning at least two things. Lying originated with the devil. And when he says father, he's trying to father his lies in your mind. He's trying to impregnate you with the seed of his lies. And so he floats these things through our minds in, in, in the same way that if, if uh, the male seed stays around the female egg long enough, there will be conception, 
right? He's hoping that we will hold on to some of his uh, crazy, ridiculous, lying thoughts long enough for them to start taking place and root and conception in, in our hearts and minds and ultimately that we would give birth to the sin or the destruction or even the death um, that those things would ultimately uh, have potential to produce. But at the heart of all of this, I, I thought I had this in my notes. There it is right there. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I'll come back to, to that point. Let me. But this is another way I try to explain these things. They're hiding in plain sight. I mean, it, and what I mean by hiding in plain sight is every person today has seamlessly in your life uh, thought and reason and formed opinions. You have agreed with things and disagreed with other things. You have believed things. You have experienced and expressed emotions. And you've spoken words out of your mouth. And it just seems like, well, what's the big deal? You know, why, you know this is something we all do and, and blah, blah, blah. But that's what I mean by they're hiding in plain sight. Who would have ever thunk, right? Who would have ever thought? that these things are, are so crucial to um, our life and to our life reality. And so, one more time, uh, misunderstood. The devil is, is banking on people never understanding how powerful these things are because his strategy is to use them against you. Okay, So misunderstood and used improperly, these characteristics lead to bondage, curses, even death. All right? But understood and used properly understood and used properly. When we talk about emotions, God, God gifted you with, with emotions. The, the ability to experience and express emotions is a gift from God that, again, Satan is trying to use to, to torment people uh, with dominant negative emotions. Are you following me? Uh, anger. We'll talk a little bit about anger. I don't have, do you see when I say we could talk about these things for the next 10 weeks? I mean, it's just, there's just a lot of stuff here. Um, you know, we, all the different emotions, and we could spend two or three classes just on, on emotions, all right? Um, but, see, we've come to think that anger is, is a bad thing. Like, if you, if you get angry, you're a bad person. God gets angry. His instructions to you and me are be angry and sin not, right? There's, there's, there are things that we should get stirred up about. There are things that we should get angry about. There are things that, that we should be motivated uh, by anger to, to change in a positive way. Amen. Okay? Um, and so God blessed us with the gift of emotions. But when, when Adam and Eve and the entire human race fell and separated ourselves from God, okay, uh, now we put ourselves in a position where emotions become our master. Emotions were never meant to be your master. They were meant to be your servant. They were never meant to curse you. They were always meant to be a blessing to you and a blessing to others. Okay? So, amen. So they're hiding in plain sight. So misunderstood negative used to create all kinds of negative things in our lives. But if we understand these characteristics and abilities and learn how to use them uh, properly, they lead to freedom and blessing in life instead of bondage, curses, and death. Amen? Amen. Am I, coming, am I going too fast for you? I get excited about this because... Let me go, let me go back to it. All right? It's kind of like we're... You know, um, I've never seen The Wizard of Oz. Don't judge me. I just... Amen. I never have. But I understand the expression, pulling back the curtain. You know, and the great wizard is just what the little guy sitting there pulling levers, you know. And um, there's so many things in life that, 
you, you know, seems so mysterious and impossible to change and, you know, how could it ever be any... To, to lead a lot of people to believe that nothing ever will change. But again, it's because it's rooted in these characteristics and abilities. And if, it never, if, if we never experience real change and, and real uh, determined effort in, you know, to change in these areas, then little to nothing will ever at least change in a, in a lasting way um, in our lives. But you let, you let God help you change your thinking. And you let God show you what to agree with and what to disagree with. You, you let the Holy Spirit show you and teach you how to use your ability to believe and God's gift of faith in your life and, and, and the emotions. And, and instead of emotions being dominant and negative and, and bullying you, but you begin to tap into emotions and then become your servant instead of your master. And then you begin to deliberately and, and intentionally confess and, and say things and start to speak into alignment and agreement with the direction that God has for your life to go. I'm just telling you, my brother, my sister, th this is when things really, really start to change in a positive way. And, and part of this now, and let me go ahead and say this, all right? Um, <clears throat> you know, you did not wake up in a neutral world this morning. Um, you woke up in a, in a world where Satan, according to Jesus, is the ruler of this world. He's the god of this age. Uh, he's the prince of the power of the air. And, uh, and he tries to make positive, healthy, beneficial things seem dry, dull, boring, and hard. Um, I don't want to, y'all have heard me teaching these things. I, but again, um, if it was a neutral world, it'd be just as easy to read your Bible as it would be to watch your favorite television program, or just as easy to pray as it would be to um, you know, sleep in. It'd be just as easy to um, you know, eat a boneless, skinless baked chicken breast than a double bacon cheeseburger. Uh, this is my favorite one, right? Who knows what I'm fixing to say? If it was a neutral world, a compliment would carry the same weight as a criticism, right? But, you know, seven people can tell you, man, I think you're losing weight. One person can say, boy, you put some pounds on the holidays, didn't you? And the one negative thing, if you allow it, will outweigh the seven positive, right? It's because it's not a neutral world. That's, what that's the point I'm trying to show you. It's, it's, um, it's, it's not a neutral world. And... So because of that, when we begin teaching on these things, these areas are some of the most resisted areas and subjects in all the Word of God. Um, so maybe you've heard the, the, uh, the disparaging comments, uh, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, you know. Oh, he's one of those faith confession guys, right? See, all, all of that is, is, is Satan never wanting you to understand how powerful your words are. Anybody in the room born again? Yeah, right? Okay. Guess how you got born again? You believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the mouth, Right? So you get, amen. I'm just, again, I'm trying to help you see these things, how powerful they are and, and how important they are and, and that we can actually understand these things and deliberately, intentionally, willfully use these characteristics and abilities as our servants and, and, and as, as, you know, unto God uh, to see not only change in our lives, but to see change in the world around us and in the lives of other people. And that's what, I guess, stirs me up um, so much. Now, 
Amen. I've already given you the list, but let me put it uh, up on the, uh, the screen here uh, for uh, everyone to see, and then we'll start kind of breaking them down uh, one at a time. So because we're created in the image and likeness of God, we have the ability to, number one, we have the ability to think, reason, and form opinions. We have ability to think, reason, and form opinions. It's been said of opinions that opinions are like noses and everybody has one. I don't know if you ever heard that little saying there or some version of that, okay? And a lot of times we think that our opinions are, are not that big a deal. Um, but I'm, I'm going to show you that the opinion that you have of yourself has more to do with the reality of your life than perhaps any other factor in your life. Amen. You see, there are a lot of people who've been made free, who've been made righteous, who've been made whole, who've been made rich. But they don't know how to think like a rich man or woman. They don't know how to think like a righteous man or woman. They don't know how to, how to think like somebody who's been made whole. And so they still live in poverty. They still live in lack, in frustration. They still live as slaves to sin, even though they were made free from sin a long time ago. So never underestimate how powerful and important your ability to think, reason, and form opinions uh, actually uh, is. Okay, Now, number two... It may seem a little odd, may seem a little simple here, but it's the ability to agree. See, we take this for granted, right? And we seamlessly, do you understand what I mean by seamlessly? It's not like we go, okay, here I go. I'm about to decide whether I'm going to agree or disagree. It's just we, as a matter of fact, I, I want to make you aware of this. As I was kind of looking over this and meditating on this, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was breathing on this, okay? Uh, and I'm going to go, before I even get there, I'm going to jump ahead and, and tell you this one, okay? Um, be careful nodding your head in agreement with things that you do not agree with. In, in other words, you got somebody just sitting there telling you something that you don't agree with, and you're going, yeah, yeah, I know how it is, yeah. And on the inside, you're going, no, 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 right? You don't, you know, you don't have to agree, and, and if, if you don't think you're being led by the Spirit to disagree, you can just say, well, you know, I don't know about that. I, I, you know, I, I think different from that, you know, whatever. But, but see, Satan is always trying you know, what's, what's the saying, uh, anybody besides me like corny church signs, you know, give the devil an inch and he'll become a ruler. You know, you see, but again, give him an inch and, and he'll try to take over. And he's always trying just a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, say this, say that, think this, agree with that, believe this. Oh, that's not, you know, but again, over time, he's, he's as I say, he's playing chess. He, we, we're playing checkers, he's playing chess. You understand long game, right? And the devil is not afraid to try and play the long game with you and little by little work things in and, and build on that and then push this button and so forth and so on. So um, our ability to agree, our ability to agree. Ultimately, right, we were created to be in agreement with whom? With God, right? To be in agreement with Him, to be in agreement with His Word. Our ability to believe. Number three, we have the ability to believe. Number four, we have the ability to experience and express emotions. And then number five, we have the ability to speak. Okay, so let me put those on the screen for those um, who are watching online. There's the full list. And again, we're going to take our time, work our way through the list, comment on uh, each of these and, uh, and what the Bible has to say about their uh, individual significance. But remember, they're dynamic, meaning what? They're always at work. Okay, your, th your thoughts, are, let's just get it, let's make it plain, all right? Your thoughts are always working either for you or against you. 
Who and what you agree with is always is either working for you or it's working against you. What you believe, it's always is either working for you or against you. It's always at work. It's an underlying cause of change. When we talk about change in a church, in a Christian setting, you know, it, it, to me it's almost a no-brainer that we're talking about positive change. But something that's dynamic, it can change it for the better or it can change it for the worse. Okay, and, and, but yet these are underlying causes of either change for the better or change for the worse. Okay, what you're experiencing and expressing emotions. Okay, um, how, how many times you know have we tried to just laugh things off and and oh I didn't really mean that or, or what have you? Again, um, experience and it's always at work, good or bad, for you or against you. What you say, good or bad, working either for you or against you. Amen. Okay, some of you look like I'm not sure what I got myself into tonight. All right, amen. Just hang in here with me, can you? Y'all good? Okay, all right. So because we are created in the image and likeness of God, we have the ability to, let's, let's just take the first one. We have the ability to think, reason, and form opinions. Think, reason, form opinions. This one, I've, it's been in this, it's been presented this way with these words, I guess now for the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. Um, I've been kind of all over the map at times trying to explain what I mean by this. Um, I initially just want to simplify it and say our ability to think. Okay. Um, but when we say think, we're talking about, you know, processing information and ultimately forming an opinion or coming to a conclusion. Now, God created us with the ability to think on our own, to think for ourselves, which would then also mean think apart from or even different from Him. Now, amen. That's, I need to kind of pause and think about that for a moment. Um, <clears throat> we have the ability to make up our own minds and ultimately make our own choices. Am I right about this? Okay. Now, some refer to this as having free will. Having free will. And I certainly believe that God has given us free will in, in the context of we can do what we will to do. Uh, the opposite of a free will would be we don't have any choice. That, you know, we're locked into a certain... Uh, pathway and there's no deviating from it. Well, Adam and Eve put on display for all of us that man has the ability, humankind has the ability to deviate from the plans and purposes and will that God has for us and that God is not going to prevent or force us from choosing something other than what He desires for us. Now, let me comment on that for just a moment because a lot of people struggle with that. There are things in the Word that I've struggled with over the years, but that's never been one of them for some reason. Um, but I understand, and I don't, I'm not trying to make you feel bad if that's something you struggle with. Um, maybe I struggle with something that you don't, all right? But the best way that I know how to explain the reasoning behind free will goes back to our number one purpose and all other purposes for our lives being dependent upon it, and that's fellowship with God. 
Uh, God created you to have fellowship with you, to have union with you, to have communion with you, to have relationship with you, um, for you to know him and be loved by him and for you uh, to, to know him and to, and, to, and to express love back to him. And as we've said so many times already, I guess twice tonight, that's why he made you a little bit lower than himself, com compatible, uh, comparable to himself so that you'll be compatible uh, with him. Okay? Now, because we were ultimately created to have a love relationship with God, love is not love and cannot be love if there is no choice. And for, there, for, for us to, to love, I mean, if, if somebody, you know, put a gun to your head, do you love me? Well, I mean, how meaningful is that word, the expression of love, going to be, right? <laughs> oh, yes, I love you. I love you with my whole heart, you know. You see, again, if, if you don't have a choice, there there's, there's, can be no genuine expression of love. There can be no true love relationship. And so God gave us the ability to choose him. And he also, along with that, means we have to also have the ability to not choose him, to, uh, to go our own way and uh, to do our own thing. That's that whole sovereign thing. Anybody remember that from last week? The autonomy, the right to, 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 to govern yourself, to self-govern. And certainly God gave us that ability and that right. Now, he is obviously trying to influence us uh, with his love, with his goodness, with his grace, with his word. Uh, with this beautiful world that he created for us to enjoy that's like a giant index finger pointing to him, the mysteries of life, the mysteries of the universe, uh, the undeniable existence of, 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 of an eternal God and his eternal power. You know, all, all of these things are meant to draw us to him and to uh, woo us even. Remember, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was, was, that which was lost, the Bible says. Um, when Lucifer fell and took a third of the angels with him, we have no record of God ever even asking him if he wanted to come back and make it right. But when Adam fell and took us all down with him, not only did he send prophets to us and people to speak to us and, 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 and deliver his words and messages to us, he eventually sent his own son to find us, to be our substitute, and take the blame and punishment for our sin bleeding to death naked on a cross in our place, just to give us the option, with no guarantee that any of us would take him up on it, of coming back to him. My friend, he loves you. Pull every petal off every flower in the world. He loves you. There's no love me not here. He loves you. And he's made that very clear. He's made that very clear. But again, in order for us to love him back, there has to be a choice. We are not robots. See, if, if God programmed our minds to where we could only think of Him and nothing else, we could only choose Him and nothing else, well, that's not what God was looking for when He created us. Are you seeing this? That's not what He was looking for when He created us. He was looking for people who could do anything they wanted to do, live their lives any way they wanted to live them, and yet we choose to submit ourselves to Him, to follow Him, to love Him, and seek out in life what it is that he wants for us. And that's a beautiful thing. So our ability then to think, 
and reason and form opinions is an expression of that. So we could say that the ability actually is a free will. And that would be a correct answer. But I'm trying to see, I'm trying to help you see how these two things work together and interact with one another. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7 that as you think in your heart, so are you. As a man thinks in his heart, that's Proverbs 23 and 7, so are you, so is he. So the question then is, how powerful is your thinking? When we talk about you know, this simple, seamless act of thinking for ourselves and making choices and making decisions, said it before, I'll say it again, life's choice-driven, that's why life must be spirit-led. Our lives are a series of choices. And in order to make the right choices, and as we like to say, do the next right thing, we need the Holy Spirit's help to know what that is. It's because we were never meant to live independently from God. We need His leadership. We need His direction. We need His wisdom. We need His understanding. It's a partnership. Amen? So as you think in your heart, so are you. I mean, how, how much more powerful and life influential can something be than how you do that thing determines how things are with you? Okay, that's pretty powerful, right? So do you see why Satan then wants to influence our thinking? Let's look at this passage in Luke chapter 8 and verse 18. Luke chapter 8 and verse number 18. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. All right. Luke 8 and 18, it says this, Therefore, take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Now, I want to point out to you the word how in the first part of this verse. Because a lot of times we read this and we think our, our, some, our, our minds play this funny trick on us and we think that Jesus is saying, be careful what you listen to, be careful what you hear. But in this particular passage, Jesus didn't say what you hear, but how you hear, how you hear. And there's a, there's a very big difference between what you hear and how you hear. Now, I, I think it goes without saying, but let me say it, all right? What you hear, what you listen to, who you listen to, all of these things are, are very, very important. If you listen to someone who thinks they know the truth but don't, right? Well, that's the blind leading the blind. And what's going to happen? Both's going to wind up in a ditch somewhere, okay? So who you listen to and what you listen to, again, extremely important. The Bible has a lot to say about that. But in this case, Jesus is not talking about who uh, or what, but how, how you hear how you hear. So how you hear and what you hear are related, but they are not the same thing. So how you hear, how you hear is talking about the perspective that you have on things and then this, this mental filter through which you process information in your life. Okay? So keep that thought in mind and let's go uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11, often referred to and rightfully so as the love chapter, but 1 Corinthians 13 is not just about the love chapter, it's about, it's about growing up as it relates to love. Amen? Because God is love. God is love. 
And so in addition to giving us some very uh, specific examples and definitions of what love genuinely is, he also talks about it in the context of our growth and development. I believe, let me just, it's something we could talk about a long time, but let me just try to touch it briefly. I feel led to do this, okay? I believe that, you know, we all came forth from God. We're all going to go back before God and stand before Him and, and to be judged. Now, if you've already received Jesus, your sin's already been judged and the punishment's already been handed out and the sentence has already been carried out by Jesus on your behalf. So as born-again believers, we won't stand in that line to be judged, but we will be judged based upon what we did for God with what we were given by Him, Okay. But I think ultimately, if I could simplify this, I think ultimately, and this is based upon a lot of different verses, but I think ultimately what that final judgment is going to look, be based upon is how well did you love? How well did you love? Amen. Love is very important to God, okay? And, and our growing in love and increasing in our ability to love and not just loving in word only, but in deed and in truth, in action and you know, how willing are we and have we been in our lives and from this point forward will we be in our lives to inconvenience ourselves for someone else's benefit? Amen. Um, you may not think of it this way, but I absolutely think of it this way. Your presence in this room is about you becoming equipped to be a more effective servant to other people on this planet. Right? So you won't be another blind person trying to lead somebody else that's blind. But because you will know the truth and you will know what you are and who you are and why you are and where you came from and who you are and where you're going and why you're here, that qualifies you then to become a leader, a servant leader to other people who are trying to find and understand those same answers. So working all day and coming here and drinking coffee to stay awake and taking notes and wondering if you're absorbing half of this, all that, right? You're, you know, maybe you don't see it that way, but praise God, you're doing something not just to better yourself, but to become better equipped so that you can be more effective in the ministry of reconciliation to other people. That's love. That's love. That's how God sees it. He sees it as love, as you being willing to step out of your comfort zone to, to hear and to receive and to understand. I want you to be, be blessed, and I want you to benefit from what you're learning in, in these classes and for it to improve your life and your ability to live the life that God created you to live. But beyond that, there's a reason why we call this discipleship counselor training class. Amen. It's about you becoming equipped and better equipped to do what God's put you on this earth to do. Amen. All right. So love. Amen. So we see then at the end of or towards the end, last verse in the chapter is verse 13. But in verse 11, Paul says, by the Holy Spirit, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So I think if we would look at this, starting with the last thing he mentioned first, he thought as a child, your thoughts become the building blocks for your understanding, okay? Um, the more you think in a certain direction according to a certain line of reasoning, according to a certain line of thought, you know, one example would be um, 
politically speaking, folks who tend to be more conservative in their politics versus people who tend to be more liberal in their politics and whatever. Don't raise your hand. I'm just saying whatever. There, there's, a, there's a reason for that, okay? Um, different, different reasonings. When I say reasonings, I'm talking about the way people think, ideas, philosophies, other thoughts that have influenced, you know, in one direction or the other. So thoughts become uh, building blocks that f formulate into an understanding. In other words, your understanding would be the way you see it, okay? You ever heard anybody say, well, the way I see it, okay. Well, in other words, they're seeing that through a lens, through a, a filter of understanding. And while we certainly are thankful for the way we understand things and what we understand up to this point, we need to remember, right, that we're still growing in our understanding. Amen? And thank God, like we said at the beginning of class, thank God for the things that we can see now that we couldn't see uh, maybe last year or, or what have you, okay? Uh, but what else then is the Lord wanting us to see and to have our eyes uh, open to, all right? So this then would be how you understand. And so from your understanding then becomes you know, you speak from that understanding. So thoughts develop the understanding, and then the understanding is that from which we speak from. So when somebody says, the way I see it, okay, they're, they're about to give you their opinion. Now, what we have to understand is that works both ways. In other words, the way you see things would be how you speak about it, okay? But then... As other information is being presented to you, it passes through that same filter where, where you know, we, we tend, the, the whole concept of being prejudiced, we, we think of, 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 of being prejudiced as, as, as being racist um, or bigoted, okay? And certainly that, that is a, a, a huge problem, a huge issue. But prejudice simply means to prejudge. Right to prejudge, where you've your mind's made up before, and you know, you've you've already decided what you're going to think, and you're already forming the answer that you're going to give back, right? Before you even hear completely what somebody's trying to say to you, yes, amen. So, in other words, that's the the prejudging. The, the prejudging is based upon an understanding. So, when Jesus says, "Be careful how you hear, how you hear," you you realize that. Um, Someone can actually be trying to give you a compliment and you can, you can receive it as an insult because of how you hear it, right? You, are you, you follow what I'm saying? So, so how we hear, do you, do you see how Satan is wanting to try to influence that in our lives? So, you know, Jesus is there, like Jesus himself in, in human form on the planet trying to help people. And, and there were religious leaders whose minds were made up about him before they ever heard a thing that he said or ever saw anything that he did, right? And, and so all they can look for is fault. All they can, so notice how they heard, how they heard. He said, my word has no place in you, meaning they, they had no value for it. They had no appreciation for it. They had already written him off as a, as a fraud. They had already written him off. As, as, as perhaps even, uh, you know, Beelzebub or influence or full of Beelzebub and, and the prince of demons, these kinds of things. And, you know, they're, they're literally watching him heal children. And it's not affecting them at all. 
Matter of fact, it's only hardening their hearts more and making them more jealous and more determined uh, to stop him. <clears throat> are, you, are you seeing this? That's how, they, that's how they were hearing it. So when someone's trying to, to present truth to you and you're hearing it as a lie, when somebody's trying to tell you what you need to know to, to take the next right step in the right direction in your life and, and you, you think that they're trying to, to trick you, right? Remember, every word God's ever spoken to you has had your best interest in mind. Anything He's ever told you not to do, it's because it may look good and fun on the, on the surface, but it's, it's leading you to death. And, and He has no hidden agenda. But, you know, if, if you don't trust God, if you think, you know, He's just trying to make everybody miserable and see how boring our lives can be, so forth and so on, that becomes the, the filter through which His truth and wisdom must pass. It's, it's kind of like when you make that coffee in there and you pour the, the clear water in the top of the pot, it passes through the grounds and it lands into the, into the pot underneath as something completely different. Because it's passed through a filter, it's passed through something that was already in place there that altered it as it, as it went through. And, and that's what happens to a lot of people. When the, the, the clean, pure, beautiful, refreshing, life-giving Word of God is being poured out on them, it passes through the filters of all kinds of religious indoctrination, uh, past hurts, uh, lies that have been believed, wrong opinions that have been formed, different ways of processing information. And so here comes this beautiful, fresh word that would change your life forever. But by the time it passes through the, the filter of how you hear it and it lands in your heart, it's something completely different than what God said. It's a real problem. Amen? Amen. Now, what's not stated here, but I think is clearly implied, is how do you think you're going to behave if you think, understand, and speak like a child? Like a child, right? These underlying agents of change. Amen? In other words, let me, say it, let, me, let me just say it this way. It's impossible to live differently from the way you think, understand, and speak. How you think, how you understand, and how you talk is going to determine the life that you live, good, good or bad. Are you seeing this? So you, know, you have a lot of people... A lot of people who are, who are trying and so frustrated because they're trying to change their life reality without ever changing the way they think, the way they understand and ultimately process information, and then the words that they speak out of their mouths. Now, Satan can influence your life to the extent he can influence your thinking. That's important right there, okay? He can influence your life to the extent he can influence your thinking. Again, God's not going to make you do something, and the devil can't make you do something. But the devil knows that if he can influence your thinking, to whatever extent he can do that, he can influence your behavior. Now, here, here is another one, and we'll maybe get to this a little more detailed when we get to the emotions part. But you cannot change your emotions or the choices and behavior your emotions influence without changing your thinking. Because your thinking is what determines your emotions. Now, as Brother Keith Moore said, that was worth getting out of bed, combing your hair, and coming to church for right there. That's, that is... Now, listen, watch this now. A lot of people get offended at that because of how they hear it. Right? Because you don't know, Pastor Mark, I've struggled with depression since I was a teenager, and you don't know what, and, and I've got chemical imbalances. See, again, there's all these, all these thoughts, right? All these, 
all these reasoning and forming, and now it's, it's how we understand emotions and how emotions work and that we're the victim of our emotions and we can't do anything about our emotions. And, you know, if, if I'm just in a mood, I'm just in a mood, blah, blah. See, again, and, and so now somebody like me tells you what the Word of God says about your emotions, that your emotions are determined by the way you think. And if you're not careful, you'll hear that and be offended by it. Be offended by it instead of letting the Lord set you free set you free. If I sat here and told you sad stories and got you thinking about sad things, where, where, would, where would your, you'd start feeling sad, wouldn't you? Sat here and showed you pictures of, of, of puppies and, and um, uh, uh, amen. Are you hearing me? Hannah and Joel got a little uh, 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 Dotson puppy uh, in, in that little carrier right there. Oh, she's the cutest little thing. Nala, right? I mean, you know, licking all up on your face. You know, you just think about that, you know, puppies and children and sunshine and rainbows and whatever. In other words, again, whatever you set your mind on, your emotions are going, are going to follow that. And we will never learn how to manage our emotions until we learn how to be disciplined in our thinking. I'm not telling you that to make you mad. I'm telling you that to set you free. Wrong emotions are a sign of wrong thinking. What is worry if it's not meditating on the wrong things? What is worry if it's not meditating on scenarios that could potentially turn negative and come out negative in our lives? So your behavior will always line up with your thinking. And your emotions will always be a reflection of your thinking. Your behavior will never change unless the underlying thinking changes. And your emotions will never be any better until the thinking that produces them gets better. Mm. Amen. Amen. Believers, amen. Now, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of hung right here for a minute. Let me, something keeps jumping up in my spirit. And <clears throat> let me, let me, praise God. All right, let's do this right quick. Um, I'm, I, I don't maybe tell the story exactly the way he did it, but um, this, is, this part is not original with me. This is kind of a paraphrase of my own interpretation of something that I learned from Dr. Neil T. Anderson. But let me, <clears throat> let me, uh, let me wade off into this for just a second, okay? You still with me? All right, so, so here, here's, here's a gentleman. He's, he's got his dream job. He's making a quarter of a million dollars a year. Uh, company car, new every year. Um, vacation plus uh, one week. Uh, free access to the company's uh, beachfront vacation home, corner office, doing what he loves with people that he that he enjoys being around. Um, just you know, could not be any more excited or, or pleased with his job and, and his professional fulfillment. And so he he shows up for work on a Monday morning. He he puts his briefcase down. First thing he does is boots up his computer to get ready for the work week, and flashes up on the screen boom, uh, first email from Human Resources. He's I wonder what human resources they got going today. And so he opens it expecting maybe some perk or benefit that they've added to their uh, package. And lo and behold, that email says, we're sorry to inform you, but your position at this company has been eliminated 
you have been terminated. Please pack up your office and leave the building immediately. Where did this man's, where did this man's emotions go? I mean, you know, the whole gambit, right? Uh, sorrow, sadness, anger, um, depression, confusion, frustration, shock. I mean, you know, just this information has just rocked him. And this flood of emotions, right, has just, just like, you know, like a gusher in, in his heart and life. And so he's just kind of stunned and starts thinking about how in the world is he going to break this news to his wife. And, and um, he starts looking around for a box to start putting stuff in and opens up a drawer and, and starts to figure out what to do with all this stuff. And, and then his computer goes, bring. It's another email from Human Resources. So he looks over a different attitude this time, opening it. And this email says, please forgive us. Last email sent to wrong person. All right. Now, where is this man's emotions going? They're going from the basement back to the roof, right? Reckon there's some gratitude for this wonderful job he has that's surfacing that maybe he didn't have the day he, morning he walked in there, right? And now he's relieved and he's joyous. Maybe still a little bit angry, but, you know, we'll get over that, right? So, but, but now watch this, okay? His emotions followed his thoughts. Yeah. Now here's, here's the clincher. Don't miss this, okay? The emotions he felt from the bad news were real even though the information was false. The emotions were real, even though what he was thinking and what he believed was wrong. It was false. It was not true. The information wasn't true, but the emotions were real. Yes? Are you seeing this? Okay. So what I'm, I'm trying to get you to see that there is a cause and effect associated with Emotion. And the things that we think, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me, right? God speaking. In other words, if we can, I mean, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true. I mean, could, again, we have all of it. I've got some of this deeper down in my notes when we talk about our, our um, emotions. Okay. But I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you see that the real answer to emotional stability and well-being in our lives has to begin with becoming more disciplined in our thoughts, more deliberate, more intentional. David is a classic example of this. In one of the lowest points and darkest moments of his life, not only had his wife and children been kidnapped and all of his belongings stolen, the men who nobody else wanted that he had taken under his wing and trained and made warriors out of were now talking about killing him, mutiny. I mean, they're, they're so brokenhearted and, and, and uh, depressed that they're literally considering killing their leader, David, and the Bible says, what, anybody know? That he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. See, if you read the Psalms, for example, 
you will see like David would speak to his own soul. Your soul is your mind, emotions, and will. He would say things like this. He would say, soul, we're going to make our boast in God. What's he doing? He's deliberately, intentionally taking uh, charge of his thoughts, of the words that he comes out of his mouth. And he had made that a practice in his life, right? So that when he came to this very low point, this very dark moment, right, that he knew how to bring the emotions. Why were the men that loved him thinking about killing him? It's because the emotions were overwhelming them, right? And now they're talking out of emotion. They're saying things that they would have never said two hours before, right? And notice their words, if they act on those words now, they're going to try to kill David. Aren't you glad David... What would have, let's, let's just theorize from what would happen if David had said, you know, guys, y'all are right. I'm the most miserable leader there's ever been. I deserve to be dead. No, see, he didn't say that. He got along, he encouraged him. I believe he, remember when he went to face Goliath and, and, and fear was trying to grip him. What did he do? God, you delivered the lion into my hand. You delivered the bear into my hand. And so be no different with this uncircumcised Philistine. See, he's, he's, not letting his thoughts run away from him, but he's focusing and garnering and disciplining his thoughts by speaking words out of his mouth that are releasing faith and courage in his heart to go do what God had already told him he was well capable of doing. He's no, when I say David's no superhero, I mean, he's not like, you know, from a different planet, like Superman Krypton or whatever, wherever place he came from. Amen. He's a human being. For that matter, we, God was with David and the Spirit of God would come upon David. That same Spirit is in you and me. The Holy Spirit's in us. Now you have to remember that God created us to live from the inside out. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. He created you to live from the inside out. Most people on planet Earth, because they don't even understand they are a spirit, they're trying to live from the outside in. They're trying to live from the outside in. And so emotions come from somewhere inside of us, right? You are a spirit. You have a soul. Your soul is your mind, emotions, and will, and you live in a body. And so emotions are inside of us, and the world's best answer for people who struggle with emotional problems is some pill that you can swallow that'll switch off a bunch of circuit breakers in your brain to try to help you cope with dominant negative emotions. I don't tell people to take medicine. I don't tell them not to take it. It's not my place. And I'm certainly not telling you to take it or not to take it. But what I am trying to help you understand is that the outside-in answer is not an answer at all, right? It may help someone cope, right? But there's also a lot of side effects to those medications. And so that's the thing you have to watch out for there. Enough said on that, I guess. Um, but the long-term answer is not something from the outside in you, but it's something from the inside of you, out of you. Amen? When your born-again spirit, who's been made one with God's spirit, begins to confess the word of God out of your mouth, amen, it can't help but pass through the valve of your soul and begin to reorient your thoughts and thinking and life pattern 
and in the process, reorient your emotions. Now, watch this. One last thing on these. And I, I may say this again or I may skip over when we get to it in my notes. But somebody is pulling this out of me right now, so I need to just keep on going with this, okay? If thoughts determine emotions, and that's, that's true, okay? But if that's true, if thoughts determine emotions, then that means God's thoughts will produce God's emotions in our heart. And that's confirmed by Scripture. Jesus said, these things I say unto you. So he's, he's, he's delivering God's thoughts to them, right? He's speaking words to them that did not originate in, in the mind of some man. But he's speaking words to human beings that originated in the heart and mind of God himself. And he's saying, I'm telling you these things so that my joy can be in you, so that my peace can be in you, to overflowing to the full. Think God's thoughts, experience God's emotions. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. 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 And that's what I mean by deliberate, intentional. In, in other words, David didn't say, oh man, you know, wish there's somebody I could call right now, you know, on my Google phone that could maybe encourage me a little bit. There wasn't nobody. We, we need to surround ourselves with people who encourage us. We need to surround ourselves with people who are going in the same direction we're going in and who speak life into us and encouraging things into us and challenging words from God uh, into us. Donald Ballard is, is one of a handful of men in, that God's put in my life uh, that, that's just so faithful uh, to, to do that and, and, to, and to bless me and to help me in, in that way. And we all need those kind of people in our lives, but there's also got to, in other words, we don't, how do I say this? It's not an either or, it's a both and. We also need to learn how to do that for ourselves, to encourage ourselves in the Lord. To, to, to say of the Lord, He is my strength, He is my refuge. Amen. 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 All right. Yes? You get anything out of this? All right. We've got a few more minutes. Can we dig in a little longer here? Y'all good? Nobody mad at me? No. All right. Amen. I don't, you know, if, 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 you, take, uh, if you take prescribed medications for uh, emotional things. I'm not. I don't, know, I don't know anybody in this room that, as far as I'm concerned, nobody listening to me right now does that. So I'm not. I don't know. Somebody's like, who's judging me? And I don't even know you in that way. Okay. So I'm not. I'm not judging you. I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to offer you um, God's answer for this. Okay. And 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 how ultimately we we need to um, to deal with this. And and the thing about thoughts. I, I guess. I mean, I'm talking about thoughts, and it's number four. In the, I mean, emotions as it relates to thoughts, it's number four on the list, dynamic interactive, right? Is, and I don't remember the author who gave me this illustration or I would give him credit for it, but um, he, he used this example. He said, he said, I want you to imagine like um, a bank of, of, of freshly excavated dirt. You know, like, have you ever seen like on the, in the interstate, of course, usually it grows up. Have you ever seen a building in the interstate? You know, they, they cut the road in and they slope those, those up and then tear some up, right? He said that when water first runs down that freshly graded um, dirt, it'll, it'll start to make, you know, path of least resistance, it'll start to make a channel 
And then because that water ran down that place and it made a, a channel, an, an, a depression, an indentation, whatever, in that dirt, that attracts more water to go down that same path, which attracts, which widens it, which makes it possible for more. And next thing you know, you got a big gully. That's, that's maybe, you know, southern United States talk there, gully, right? You, 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 you've, you've got... What's another word for it? Somebody help me here. A rut, okay, um, where, the, where, the, where the water, a rut would be like where, you know, a wagon wheel's dropped off in that, and then the next wagon came. It made it easier for it to drop off and drop off and drop off, right? So our, our brains are like that when we talk about our neural pathways. And so the devil knows that the more we think about negative things, the easier it is for our thoughts to follow those same neural pathways and, and what happens, we, we do that long enough, and this can work with, with cravings of all kinds of substances, pornography, um, snicker bars, heroin, donuts, whatever, right? Um, we create these, these ways of thinking that make it easier and easier and easier and easier to think that same thought or similar thoughts over and over and over and over again. And so when we talk about, like Olivia was bringing up, where we have to deliberately, intentionally begin to say and think on different things. But the good news is we can create fresh and new neural pathways, right? A, a dear friend of mine in this room uh, has smoked cigarettes since this individual, I won't say male or female, um, since they were 13 years old and um, have recently quit. And, um, of course, you know, reached out to me and my wife, and it's like, you know, man, this is hard. I'm like, well, it's, it, but it's, but it's going to get, because what's, what's happening now is creating new neural pathways. Um, one of the first people I knew when I was a kid, a dear friend of our families, um, he, had, he smoked for a long time, and he quit smoking. And he told me, he said, and I've, I don't know, funny how you remember things, but I remember this. He, I don't know, I was maybe 11 years old. I don't know how old it was, but he was talking about it. And I said, I said, what's, you know, been the hardest part of this, you know? And he says, well, you know, the first whatever. He says, but at this point, he hadn't smoked a cigarette in a few months. He said, but I still do this. Because he'd always wear shirts with pockets and keep his cigarettes in his pocket. And he said, I'll be talking to somebody, and I'll just reach up. You know, he would reach underneath and, and slide that pack of cigarettes out. There weren't even cigarettes in his shirt pocket. He, he maybe didn't have a... Shirt with a pocket on it. He said, but I, you know, people look at me like, what is he doing? You know, it's like, or he said, he said, I used to keep, because he had children my age, and he would keep his cigarettes in a, in a chest of drawers where, you know, a chest of drawers. Chest of drawers is a, not a person. That's a, a furniture for those of you who aren't from Alabama. And, uh, um, and he said, he said, there are times that I'll be standing there staring into that drawer the drawers open and I'm standing there looking in the drawer when I come to myself there's you see neural pathways for all those years he would go in there and open that drawer to get a pack of cigarettes he's not even he's not even thinking about it till he realizes I'm standing here staring into an empty drawer or a drawer that doesn't have cigarettes in it anymore so that's neural pathways and so again those things affect our emotions and so this is why Satan is trying to establish these uh, patterns these cycles of, of negative, dominant negative thoughts, 
producing dominant negative emotions. And the more we go that direction, the easier it becomes to go that direction. And we become very undisciplined in our thoughts. And when we try to lay down at night, it all comes rushing in on us. Now we can't sleep. And I'm a failure. And I did this. And I can't believe that. And, you know, and, and so all those thoughts produce negative feelings, which if we're not careful, the, the, the pattern is thoughts produce emotions. Emotions influence choices, right? There's all kinds of choices we would never make or never had made if, it, if there hadn't been a whole lot of emotional oomph behind them influencing them. Am I right about this? Right. So, you know, I tell you all the time, you know, people are trying to solve advanced life problems without basic life understanding. This is basic life understanding that we need to know and we need to recognize and, and not think it's strange, not think it odd or bizarre. It's the way God created us. And we absolutely don't leave it to chance. We absolutely positively can say and confess and, and set our mind. The Bible makes it very clear. Set your mind. That's talking about a deliberate, intentional act. And at first, if, if, you've, if you've developed neural pathways that, that, you know, it's almost like a go-to automatic type of a thought, um, it's going to require some, some effort uh, on your part. But another example of this would be... <clears throat> <laughs> um, instead of water running down the bank, um, think about uh, a path through um, a, a grassy field or uh, a wooded area. You ever seen like, um, it's a place that Pam and I walk in our neighborhood and it's where the tornado came through several years ago and it's kind of grown up now. But you can see, I, I guess it's there's some deer out in that area, but I, I think these may be more like trails where rabbits you know, but as you walk along, you can look through there and you can see, you know, it's, it's a path. Well, I don't know the first rabbit that went through there, but the next rabbit said, you know, it'd be easier for me to follow him than go this way. And eventually you get a, a worn path, okay? Well, to establish new, deliberate, intentionally establishing new thoughts, it means you're going to have to go through a part that's not, a trail that's not been blazed yet. But now watch this. If you'll keep deliberately, intentionally going, thinking on the good things that God tells us to think about in His Word, eventually you're going to create a path that makes that easier and easier and easier for you to do, while at the same time, what's happening to that old path? It's growing up, right? It's growing up. Amen? Amen? And so, you know, you don't have to... You know, the devil tried to tell you, man, you're, you're all messed up and you're broken and you're flawed and you can't stop craving this and thinking about that. Yeah, he's lying to you. He's lying to you. We just spent too much time in the past thinking about those things and thinking like that. Um, but changing our thoughts, change our understanding, changing what we're saying, and that's the underlying change that ultimately produces the real life change that I believe we're all looking for and desiring in life. Amen? Amen. All right, we have not got past number one <laughs> tonight, and we're out of time. Let me give you a couple more here, okay? So your life experience rises and falls to the level of your thinking. Your life experience rises and falls to the level of your thinking. Now, I know some of you are going to try to write this down, and I appreciate that, but I promise you we will come back to this in greater measure and greater detail, and I'll give you plenty of time to write it down later. But So I just want you to hear this on top of everything that we've said tonight so far, okay? When we talk about your opinions and the way that you think, the, the one opinion 
that has more effect on your life reality than any other is the opinion that you have of yourself. Okay? Your behavior will always line up with what you believe to be true about yourself. I'm not through. I'm going to say that again, but then I'm going to add something to it, okay? Your behavior will always line up with what you believe to be true about yourself, even if what you believe to be true about yourself isn't true. So God makes you free. You still believe you're a slave to sin. Your behavior is going to reflect the thinking and the belief that you're a slave to sin rather than the truth that whom the Son is made free is free indeed. Are you following me? Okay. So I'm going to say it again. Your behavior will always line up with what you believe to be true about yourself even if what you believe to be true about yourself isn't true. So when we talk about this simple thing that we do all day throughout the day, our ability to think, reason, and form opinions, and how, how impactful and influential and how much effect this has on our life reality, our quality of life, good or bad, positive or negative, and it's hiding in plain sight. You know, we, we, you know, I don't know who's, maybe Joyce Meyer, I've heard her say it. I don't know if she originated this. Think about what you're thinking about. And, and it's, it's so true. Because the devil never wants you to think about what you're thinking about. He just wants you to, you know, you, you, you this little old fantasy world. And, and I, don't, I don't necessarily mean something sexual. You know, we just kind of just withdraw into ourselves and do all this in our minds. And, you, you know, um, what's the story about the little kid? He teacher kept telling him to sit down, and he was standing up. Sit down, uh, Johnny. And, and Johnny was standing up, and finally the teacher made him sit down. And he was sitting there all, you know, looking whatever. And, and she said, Johnny, what's wrong with you? He said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside, right? <laughs> it was in his mind. See, he, he was not complying in his mind. She, because she had the authority in the classroom, she made him sit down. But inwardly, he was still standing up, right? And there's a lot of people, you know, we'll comply with this or that, um, but our thoughts... Amen. But boy, when we get all that into alignment with God and His plans and purposes and truth for our lives, mm-mm-mm. you talk about transformation. Amen? The reconditioning, the renewing of our minds. Praise God. All right, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this time together this evening. Thank you, Lord, for leading us and guiding us and directing us. Lord, I, you know in my heart, Father, this went a little uh, different direction than I had thought it would go tonight, but that's what we asked you for and believed you for, Lord, that that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us and direct us in this, Lord, just what is literally a mountain of material on these subjects, Father. Lord, I thank you that you're helping us become more aware of our thoughts and thinking, becoming more aware of, of thoughts that we have in our hearts and minds about ourselves that you don't have in your heart and mind about us. And Lord, reconciling those things, bringing our thoughts into agreement with your word. Father, thank you for your blessing upon these men and women, those in the room, those watching online. Thank you, Father, in advance for all the other people, Lord, that these men and women are going to affect for your glory in the days ahead. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As always, thank you for being here. Please know that you're loved. Good things coming uh, for you and yours. I'll see some of you on Sunday, some of you on Monday.